Good evening and welcome to the Movie Scramble podcast. Joining me this evening are my two colleagues from the, the team, which is always very nice having everybody there. First up, Thomas, how are you doing? Yes, I'm not too bad. Loving, loving life, you know. Been up to so much recently, as you can imagine. Yeah, we can't talk about that though in case you get arrested. Never mind. <laughs> Mary, how are you doing? I am all the better for seeing your two faces, especially because I'm particularly appreciative of your lockdown moustache, John, and your lockdown hair, Simi. It's really quite um, something. Mm-hmm. My lockdown moustache stands out because every other part of my beard is white and just blends in with my really pasty white West of Scotland skin. So <laughs> that's why you, you can see the moustache, because that's the brown bit. Whereas, <laughs> Whereas Simi is sporting the full dark brown, handsome, rugged, possibly sailor in the South Atlantic kind of look there, you know. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> anyway, this evening we're, we're just doing a quick podcast to talk about the fact that pretty much every damn movie has been delayed yet again. In the last couple of days, we've had notifications that, in no particular order, the following movies have been put back more than once. We've had No Time to Die, The Eternals, Death in the Nile, Candyman, Quiet Place 2, Free Guy, The Kingsman, Morbius, Top Gun, Last Night in Soho, and Venom, just to name a few of the dozens that have been put back. At the moment, we are still expecting Black Widow, Fast and Furious 9 and Spiral, the new Jigsaw movie, which haven't been put back as yet, but since they're due to come out in March, then chances are, yeah, they'll get pushed back towards the end of the year. So, what do you guys think about all this? Obviously, at the moment, we are sitting, it's the end of January, there are no cinemas open in the country, I don't believe, the whole of the UK, I think, is shut down, apart from maybe the Silly Isles or something like that, but they don't count their practical France anyway, and they were occupied, you know, so it doesn't matter about them. <laughs> so basically, there's nowhere to actually see cinema releases. So, Thomas, what do you think of this? How, how long can this go on? I think by the summer, at least, cinemas will be reopened. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the cases will be like by that point, but I think uh, the government will just start opening stuff up anyway. And I think cinemas will be part of that. For better or worse, I may add, mm-hmm. regarding the actual how safe it will be. But I know like in America, obviously, with like HBO Max and Warner Brothers are simultaneously releasing their films on a streaming service and as well as a cinema. And I just don't see how that's sustainable because it's something like $15 for a streaming service, which sounds like an absolute steal. Mm-hmm. But over here, they don't have it. So we're expected to spend something like 20 quid per film to rent, which isn't really feasible or realistic in terms of how things are, <laughs> really. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's going to be very successful in that aspect. So it's all very well de- I think delaying films is the right thing to do or make it more affordable for people. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's, all, it's all very well we've discussed it before. The trolls, for example. That's 20 quid, and a family can watch that, and they'll save an absolute fortune. And that's very cost effective. But if I'm going to watch, like, say, Spiral, for example, what am I supposed to do? Bring my mates in? Family not allowed to do that. Yeah. Say, I am by that point. Say, I am by that point. 20 quid to like rent a film seems a bit 
much for me. So I'd, I'm happy to see the films get delayed until we can see them properly. Mary, what do you think? Well, I think a lot of these films merit the big screen experience. I mean, I know it's not the best example, but they've got the trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong come out. And that, to me, is something that is very much a cinematic experience. And a lot of people that... I'm speaking to or you know seen on Twitter are saying that as much as watching movies at home has been good and has been you know some welcome relief it's just it's harder to immerse yourself because you are you're kind of maybe checking your phone or you're going to the kitchen or you're pausing it or you know somebody phoned you or whatever and it's just it's not that same experience and for me I'm I'm I very much enjoy the cinema experience as much as actually watching the movies themselves and I think that I'm all for the delays. I'm, I would be happy to wait. I think Sammy's right. I think we could maybe see some cinemas open by summer. The Australians and the New Zealanders are raging because their cinemas are open and there's nothing in them. So they have kind of the opposite problem. But I think that I'd be willing to wait to see a lot of these movies on screen. And I'm curious to see how the HBO Max stuff is going to translate into the UK because, as we've said before, a lot of HBO content goes onto Sky Atlantic. So does that mean that you are going to need to have Sky Cinema in order to rent the films or, you know, what platform are they going to end up on? Either way, for a lot of the bigger releases, I'd, I'd be happy to definitely just to wait and, and get them back at the cinema for that kind of experience as much as the, the viewing. I mean, see regarding the kind of rental idea as well, I'm quite happy. It seems like £10 mm-hmm. for the film. And just say that you're allowed to watch it once and that's it. But I see from a better deal for me that, oh, yeah, you can give 20 quid, but you can watch it multiple times over two days. Who's going to do that, really? No, nobody's going to watch it on repeat viewing unless it's, I don't know, unless it's a really it's... long movie or something. And you're and like, you, like the Irish one or something, like people split that up over a couple of viewings. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't I don't know how feasible. I just, I, it's a gamble while the bras are taken and I don't get it. Because in America, where their biggest market is going to be at this point, mm-hmm. you're going to just take HBO Max. No, no, I think no. so. You're, you're just going to get the HBO Max. Yeah, cost, it's cost effective. It just makes sense. Yeah. Like I'm going to compare it briefly to um, WWE. They still do monthly pay per views, but you can spend in the UK it costs twenty pounds. I think it is for let's say Royal Rumble WrestleMania, or you can get WWE Network for nine ninety nine, and it comes included with it. Hmm. Who's going to spend the twenty quid? But they've still got that option there. That option's still there. And I just think with Warner Bros. doing this, it's going to just... I think piracy is going to go through the roof because not only are people going to get the film pirated, it's not going to be like a dodgy screener. It's not going to be something sitting in the cinema with a camera. It's going to be a full HD 4K even rip because that's how they're presenting it. Yep. I just find it strange. Well, the case in point there is the Wonder Woman film, which obviously came out in the UK on the 16th of December, which was the day that London basically went into pretty much full lockdown. And there was nobody seeing the film at all because there was nowhere to really see the film. It was a a major blow to it because it was still getting a cinema release in this country. Whereas, as you say, in the States, it was coming out on Christmas Day on HBO. So what, what happened was there were a lot of pirated copies kicking about there after well, obviously after Christmas Day but it basically took nothing at the box office in the UK at all and it's uh, 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 that was a gamble for them but obviously they were hoping that well that if you think about it what happened in London just two weeks before they were, they were in tier three cinemas or mm-hmm. in fact they were tier two or tier three, I can't remember, the, the English system's slightly different to the Scottish one, so therefore the cinemas were all still open and everything, albeit with limited numbers allowed in, but it was viable then, but it 
changed really, really quickly down there. So therefore, they, they lost a hell of a lot of revenue, I think, from the UK because they'd have been guaranteed about 15 million for yeah. Wonder Woman quite easily in this country. I said it was reopening in China because you could recoup a lot of money that way. They always kind of try and get that kind of market. And maybe they're just kind of willing to um, things like the UK and New Zealand that just write it off because of how much percentage it'll make up at the box office. Mm-hmm. I think that- cinemas are open in China, but they've got slightly stricter rules with what gets actually released there. Not mm-hmm. every film from the West gets released in China. There's a limited number per year so they can preserve their own box office, so they can show their own blockbusters, the likes of that Skyfire, which I uh, chatted to you guys about, which is a volcano disaster movie. That was mm-hmm. a Chinese production, so th- therefore they w- they wanted stuff like that in the cinemas, and they don't want it competing against Hollywood blockbusters. But you've got the same problem there. If, if something gets released in China, you're going to get high-quality rips of it appearing all over the place as, as soon as it comes out there, because that's what tends to happen but yeah you're right it's a massive market it's a lot of the ways a lot of ways it's actually it can be bigger than the u.s market because we've seen it time and time again that the the chinese market kind of saves a movie it's one that's okay. it's not been deemed to be brilliant yeah. and it's not done well but the chinese market means that it gets a sequel look at tomb raider ah uh, yeah exactly yes there's so many of these films out there that just get this sort of second chance because of the Chinese market, because of the stuff that they, they want to see. And there's certain films that, that go to the Chinese market and they just don't do very well at all. I think Wonder Woman played in China, but it didn't do particularly well. Just touching something on Wonder Woman slightly. And it, it's what you were saying there, Mary, about uh, watching a film in the house and it takes away the immersive atmosphere of it. The reaction to Wonder Woman online... People were acting like it was some bargain bin basement film you'd pick up in Tesco as you're like waiting in the queue. Yeah. Now, I, I thought the film was okay. And before I went before I watched it, um, people were like, this is like the, the worst film ever, blah blah. I thought it was okay. And people were acting like it's the worst film ever. Would uh, would the reaction have been the same you think if people actually watched it in the house? And even the honest trailer mentioned the film you watched was scrolling through your phone. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's a different experience watching a film in the house. And people, where it's disappointing, people can't put their phone down for two seconds. Regardless, people not judging people for it. You do tend to not give the film your full attention when you're in the house. Yeah, yeah I think that, that means for a lot of films, they have to, and whether this is right or wrong, you know, you should be able to put your phone down. But unfortunately, we're kind of living through this particular era and time where it's the only way you can maybe catch up with friends or whatever at this you know moment in time. But for me, it's like, do the films need to work harder then? Because, you know, I watched Promising Young Women the other night and I was practically inside the TV by the end of it and I, I could not look away from it. And therefore, I feel like I had a good experience watching it. And I didn't do anything different from sitting, you know, the way I usually consume, you know, films in the house and the TV's on, sitting on the couch or whatever. So I don't know if it was just like the film was more interesting or whatever, but I feel like films are kind of having to work harder because they are competing against, you know, maybe kids walking in and out the room or, as you say, going to make a cuppa or, you know, somebody phoned you or whatever, whereas you just won't have that in the cinema. And even if something was a bad movie, you would maybe give it the benefit of the doubt because you've had that cinema experience Whereas if you feel like you've spent the majority of the film scrolling through your phone, you're going to destroy that film. I think it's too easy to do it. Yeah, and it's not even just the idea of the fact that, like, um, for the minute the credits come up, you're like, scroll, scroll, scroll. Say half an hour into it, you're like, I'm not really getting into this. But, uh, you know, I just spent 20 quid in a rental for it, so I was well keeping mm-hmm. it on, but I'm not going to pay any attention to it. And Wonder Woman, for example, is two and a half hours long. 
And yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a decent film. It's an okay superhero film, but it's hardly the most engrossing, captivating, can't take your eyes from the screen movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has some natural breaks in it that you can switch off and you don't really need to bother about it. Yeah, Especially when they're doing some of the fashion stuff and things like that. It's, it's interesting enough, but you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, fair enough. You tried on six outfits, you know. It's very, it's very that, much the, the, here's a here's a here's a time to go for popcorn moments. Yes. Well, that's what, that's what I was going to say. Is that built in because they anticipated a cinematic release, and there is even within like a, you know the big Avengers movies and stuff like that. There's those moments where you could sort of breathe, or you could go to the bathroom, or you could go and you know get a refill or whatever. Whereas because we're at home and we have this, you know, the magic of the pause button, you can do that any time. So I do just wonder if a lot of the, these kind of moments of exhale or whatever are built in because they anticipate a cinematic release which in fairness wonder woman did get to a certain extent yeah true true that's that's probably the case actually yeah they they are aimed more towards cinema than they are aimed towards home release is always seen as being a sort of secondary revenue stream for a lot of these big blockbusters that they make their money in the cinemas just to touch that just taking it in that's uh i keep saying slightly i don't know why i've used it slightly in my everyday life i've used it three times already tonight there's an article that came out with the last avengers film remember and it was basically saying here's where you can go to the toilet mm-hmm. during the film and you won't miss anything and i'm like that's what cinemas become now where people can't sit for three hours no, no, you need to go to the toilet. <laughs> I get that. I mean, I, 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 come, I come upstairs to get something and I'm there. I just go to the toilet because I'm there. <laughs> Thank you for that information. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you know what I mean, though, is the fact that, like, uh, it wasn't like the Avengers was the longest film ever made. No. There was plenty of films that came before it. There were two and a half hours, two, three quarter hours, three hours long, whatever. Longer than that, three and a half hours. And people just people just put up with it. You know, but a certain film just said did they put bits in wee lulls because it's an action film, it's a superhero film. They're not the same mm-hmm. as like, the Godfather, for example. You got to mention the Irishman there and how to watch it, the installments oh. thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So they literally brought out the, the, kind of a similar thing. They brought out a guide how to watch the Irishman. You know, when to pause, when you can stop. You know, and to me that's crazy. Like that's you know, it's a net. Netflix movie, it's three hours long. It's not like you're even in a particularly uncomfortable cinema seat or whatever. You're literally in your own house. You can have unlimited, like, food and drink stops, whatever. And they still release some sort of, you know, here's when to pause or here's here's kind of like the first chapter and here's the second chapter. Here's how to watch this movie. Like, we're actually being instructed when to take breaks in films. It's crazy. There's an app that does that, yeah. I read about it last year at some point that it basically says... Or it basically informs you on your phone if you're sitting in the cinema, it'll buzz or something at the point where it's safe to go to the toilet or go and get popcorn or whatever, and you won't miss anything. Now, I've been in the cinema loads of times, and I've sat there and went, do I chance going mm-hmm. to get something because I missed something? And that just shows you how good the film can be at times, how engrossed you are in it. And that's a good thing. Other times you go, I don't like, I see Alien Covenant, I remember going, I don't actually care if I miss anything at this point. I'm going to just chance it. If I miss something... I'll Google it afterwards and see what I've missed. But most of the time, nine times out of ten, I'll sit and go, no, I don't want to leave in case I miss something. Yeah. If I'm sitting watching something and my phone buzzes to tell me nothing's going to happen, that's going to take me straight out of the movie. Yep, yeah. totally. Also, your phone should be off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. But if you think about the number of people who sit in cinemas 
in the the chat and go on their phone all the time anyway. That's it's kind of aimed at those sort of people. Do I, I can think of something I'd like to aim at those people, but it's not <laughs> people that uh, probably be like a cinema. bottle of warm piss because you you couldn't leave the cinema. <laughs> Just clattering off the back of your head, like, is, is that warm? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> so, like a music festival. <laughs> yeah. so there are actually films getting released this year, as we have touched on. HBO and Warners are releasing a slate, I think it's something like 21 films they announced that was getting released in the States. It's a simultaneous day and date release on their streaming service and in the cinemas. Interestingly, it's only on HBO Max for a month and then it comes off of the service. So I don't know if they then bring it back later as a video premiere or that's to help with the sort of DVD and Blu-ray sales and maybe selling it onto other streaming platforms or the likes of Sky Cinema and things like that, I would imagine. You touched on Sky as well. Usually they get the content from Warners and HBO, but they didn't with Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman came out as a special VOD, something like a premium VOD, I think they called it. So it wasn't quite the same, whereas everybody expected it to go to Sky Cinema, some sort of premiere didn't happen at all, probably because they, they, I don't think they could do a deal on it, basically. So as I say, there's going to be a whole pile of films coming out in the next 12 months or so. So my question to you guys is, what is the film that you are looking forward to that you know is actually going to be coming out this year? I'll go with you, Mary, first. I mean, I don't know if, it, if it, it's a HBO release. I'm hoping that I will get to see it. So I really want to see uh, The Many Saints of Newark. Massive, massive Sopranos fan. And I'm just completely in awe at, at John Bern Bernthal. So I'm really excited to see what that looks like. It's obviously a kind of prequel to The Sopranos. You have James Gandolfini's actual son playing young Tony. There's just so much of it that I'm just, I'm excited to see like young Polly Walnuts and stuff like that. What does he look like when he's not got two white badger stripes in his hair, you know? Like, I'm really excited about that because I just have so much love and affection for that series because that's something that really did have me hooked and that was like episode after episode after episode. So if I can get that through some sort of medium, whether that's Sky or, you know, Amazon or however it kind of ends up in the UK, that is something that I'm very much looking forward to and just hope that it lives up to the kind of the legend of the Sopranos series, as it were. Nice one. Thomas? Yeah, there's, there's so many films here I'm looking forward to. I'm, I'm trying to kind of pick one that's sticking out. I'm looking forward to The Conjuring 3 because uh, I love The Conjuring films. and The spin-off, kind of, uh, other ones in the universe, very hit and miss. The Many Saints of New York, I, I'm really looking forward to that because I'm a massive Sopranos fan. But uh, the Suicide Squad. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm a massive DC mark. You know, it's like uh, even the bad DC films, I can find something in them that I really enjoy. James Gunn doing this, I think the film just promises to be absolutely mental. More so than the Guardians of the Galaxy, which is very entertaining in a mm -hmm. comedic way. I think this is going to be like a high-budget trauma film. Mm -hmm. And I mean that in a good way. I think yeah. it's going to be absolutely insane. See the, all the different kind of characters and the special kind of feature trailer they went and did with mm -hmm. John Cena in it. He has his characters apparently so popular already to give him a spin off TV show. <laughs> Obviously, even out. It'll be great to see Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn again. It's a shame Will Smith's not going to be back in it. 
Mm. Why is that? Why is he not? The scheduling, it's a scheduling conflict. Uh, so originally, apparently, they were going to replace him with Idris Elba, but Will Smith does want to come back into it. So right. they, they didn't recast him as Idris, uh, Idris Elba. He's playing somebody else. But yeah, for the very little I've seen this film, I think it just looks absolutely insane and just looks so much fun. Nice. Well, the one above all others that I want to see is June. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Denny Villeneuve's version of it. I loved the books. I have watched the David Lynch version, which is all over the place, a bit crazy. I've watched a couple of the TV adaptations, which are <laughs> of middling quality, shall we say. They're not exactly the best, but they're still very entertaining. And just everything that's come out from it and the all the people involved, I'm just thinking, yeah, I want to see this. And the chances are I'll get to see it in the cinema because it's October end of October, Ooh. I think it's due out, so it may be that we actually see that in the cinema, and I'd really like that. Oh, so that's, that would... that's got to be a cinema watch, like that is kind of sweeping epic sort of thing, that's got to be a cinema yeah. watch. Yeah, I would, I, I would hope so, but having said that, and the, the flip side of that, um, Godzilla versus Kong, which you mentioned earlier, is out in March, so that's definitely going to be a watch at home one, which is terrible because that's one that you have to see in the cinema. I've seen the previous two in the cinema. In fact, yeah, the previous, there's been what? There's been, three. there's been three, there's been two Godzilla ones, hasn't there? Godzilla yeah. King of the Monsters, Godzilla, and the Kong films. I've seen them all in the cinema, and they're great because they're, well, I say great. They're entertaining, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. The first Godzilla film uh, was it Garth Gareth? It wasn't Gareth Edwards, was it? Can't remember who it was, but yes, yeah. I, know, I know who. Yeah, you know, I'm talking about the monster. Yes, and it was okay. Let's be honest, it was way too much human drama involved in it, mm-hmm. and it was almost a kind of case. Okay, the stuff with Godzilla is great. Yep. These fights seem to be excellent, but it's like 10 minutes of a two or two, almost two and a half hour runtime. It's like there's too much human emotion, too much drama, and it just wasn't that interesting for me personally. I absolutely loved Skull Island. Mm-hmm. It was like a horror film at times, and I thought they got the balance of the characters and the monster stuff really well. Godzilla King of the Monsters is not a good film, but I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, they, don't film, yeah. they don't care about the characters at all. They're just, they're just cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. And all the focus is on the monsters. And that's great. And this looks to be similar vein to that. That's what I want to see. I, don't want, I want to see Godzilla and Kong fight for an hour yeah. and a half at least. I'm not interested in some guy's divorce with his wife. And I don't even know. I just made that up. Have you seen the dialogue? Have you heard the dialogue though already? Because it's yes. like the, the quote, the quote that really stands out from the trailer, where he's like, hey, "Godzilla's hurting everyone, and we don't know why." Like, <laughs> I don't want a fucking psychologist. Like, no, why are you going to no. psychology of this? Like, let's... have you seen? Have you seen that films, Mary? No, though I, my dad. I also remember my dad went to see the one with Brian Cranston. Yeah. I don't know what one that is, and he said that was really, really good. I actually, um, as much as I love kind of Universal monster movies, I like like your Frankenstein and stuff like that. I don't actually like ginormous animals i don't know why but i mean i saw the trailer for this other day and i thought do you know what i've I've sat through the meg i'll probably watch this as well well basically the idea being like godzilla some people don't know why it's because Mm. it's the idea there's different kind of like monsters and you get predators so godzilla is there to correct the balance so godzilla is technically a good guy in the first movie because he awakens or maybe she awakens i'm actually too sure to fight the other monsters and kind of try and recorrect the balance 
Then right. the second one, bit of spoiler here, hope we don't mind. It's okay. He's fucking not fuck at the other monsters. <laughs> but then so much teams up for him, it takes them over and it's like, right, lads, let's fucking take the world over. We're back in charge. So this supposed to be a kind of like Kong trying to recreate the balance and it hints right. the fact there's a war back in the day between Kong and Zilla or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. It just sounds mental. I was just thinking they were going to, I don't know, like somebody wanted to put Godzilla on the couch and be like, tell me why you're behaving this way. Do you know what I mean? It just was like a really odd line of dialogue to hear. It does, but it's in, in the context of the previous films, it actually does make sense. But the old Japanese films were like that as well. Godzilla in the mm-hmm. first movie um, was destroying uh, Tokyo, but in later films, they try and explain why. It was just rage. It was nothing like malicious in it. And Godzilla is a good guy. He was a hero. Well, I just want but... to see. I just want to see stuff getting blown up. I just want to see fights. I want to see stuff getting blown up to fuck. And like, I just want a, a spectacle. I don't actually care about any dialogue or anything meaningful. I just want the spectacle of it all. So this is a screenshot, it... though. It was like Kong and Zilla fighting on the boat. And suddenly, went and said, "Oh, Kong, what are you doing, man? That's 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 Godzilla's terrain." <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, and the reaction to that has been really mixed online as well. Some people are like, "Oh my god, I'm so fucking up for this. I just want to see explosions." And other people are like, "Me being a dick and going dialogue in this is terrible." But forgive me because that one line did just stand out in the trailer as being odd to me. But now you've explained the context, I understand. But already there's quite a divisive reaction to that trailer. Yeah, I, I found it was quite interesting the divisive reaction because everybody was really looking forward to the Godzilla remake, and if it was going to try and be like. Uh, like wash away the sins of the nineties Godzilla movie, and oh, which I have seen. <laughs> I just kind of felt that it was it was not a bad film by any means, but it just took itself too seriously. Where Skull Island and King of the Monsters <laughs> did not by any means take itself seriously, but Skull Island as well had quite a good cast. Yeah, and right. that really helped. That really helped the movie. Mm-hmm. Who was in that? Was that one with Alexander Skarsgård? No, it was Tom Hiddleston and Samuel L. Jackson. And did Faye Dead Man Shoes, the brother? Yeah. Oh, right, I don't know his name, but I know who you mean. Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. Also, Tom Hiddleston seems kind of like, I know he's done Loki and stuff like that, but Loki has been like this kind of almost Shakespearean performance. It does seem a bit random for him to turn up in a big monster movie. It does, it does seem really weird, but uh, I'd recommend watching the movies because they're fun. They're fun. And especially mm-hmm. Skull Island and King of the Monsters because yeah. they're just exactly what, they, what you want for these kind of movies. Yeah. And Kong versus Godzilla, or Godzilla versus Kong. There's, it looks to promise more of the same in that kind of vein, and I don't know what people are expecting. And they're shitting on it. I mean, it's never going to be like I don't know, like Oscar-winning like dialogue and like a deep forensic analysis of the human condition, is it? Like they're just monster movies. Yeah, you're going exactly. to expect yeah. It, you know, <laughs> what do you expect? I don't know. Do you remember that film Colossal with Anne Hathaway? Yeah, that was really good, that film, and really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. That was this deep psychological character study involving mm-hmm. giant monsters fighting. Yep. Did you know, have you seen that, Mary? No. I've never even heard of this. When was it's really it good. It's two years ago, it was out. Basically, she was it when she falls asleep or when she gets drunk, yeah. she, she, she takes over basically a giant robot. <laughs> it destroys, it destroys, it destroys the city. Yeah, aye. in South Korea and things like that. It's just, it was, it's it was really good. Uh, but it only happened when she was in a playground. Yeah, she would get steam yeah. in the first in this playground. And then mm-hmm. when she was sleeping, she would become a giant monster and start smashing the place up. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that does kind of sound amazing. It I watched it on Prime. I watched it on Prime. So everybody knows and see if it's still there. Yeah. Was it Jason yeah. Sudeikis was in that one as well? Was it? Yes. Yeah. Aye. Nice. Right. So there we go. We've put the world to rights over <laughs> what's happening over the next 12 months. But let's face it, it can only get better than it has been over the last what five six months i have been saying that since march last year and so far not so much well we we did have a bit of respite during the summer where cinemas were open there wasn't a hell of a lot of content but you know i was going to say where i got to watch unhinged that was a a stunning piece of cinema that i'm so glad the cinemas were open (laughs) yeah i mean it was (laughs) it was that kind of point i was going to see anything in the cinema just because it was Uh out and it yes. was, I didn't care. And I think I was getting a bit too cocky the time Bill and Ted came out. But I was getting, bit, I was getting a bit too used to the cinema again that I mm. could judge the film very harshly. <laughs> I was taking, I was trying to take the cinema for granted again. But yeah, I just want to, I just want to see films again in the cinema. Mm. I mean, like The Matrix Force coming out, and I think the cinemas will be open by that time. And I say that for not, I think they'll be open anyway regardless yeah. what the state of the world is like because the Matrix 4 come on that's a cinema film that's Christmas I think so I think yeah, yeah that's just a good bet oh, I'm actually less optimistic then because we'll be back in lockdown but then yeah uh, we've no, seen- no, more, no more lockdowns no more lockdowns I mean the thing is movies are still being made the irony of like well we're all stuck in our houses you know they're still shooting Mission Impossible. They're still making Batman. For some reason, Vanessa Hudgens is filming in Fife at this very moment in time. So stuff is still getting made. Lily James is making some sort of rom-com in London just now. Like there is still a, like the film industry is still fully operational as far as I'm aware. So there is going to be content. It's just a case of when do we get access to it? Yeah, there's, and with all the delays this year, all the films that were slated for coming out next year mm-hmm. are all getting delayed as well. The, the much-delayed Avatar sequels have begun push back and there's so many i mean when i was having a quick look at this the number of films that were due to be released in 2021 sort of later on in the year and then they get pushed back to 2022 and they're in danger of getting pushed back even further uh, most of them haven't been completed mind you you're talking about like the likes of the batman and things like that mm-hmm. but it's it's going to be a very crowded marketplace probably for about two years maybe three years mm-hmm. it's just going to be big film after big film pretty much every other week i would say which is obviously great for us you know yeah. it's a new world unlimited and all that sort of stuff but you know yeah i just hope someone unlimited stuff did you see they were in the news today because they've approved like a 200 million pound bonus scheme for their like exec team meanwhile the cinemas are shut I know someone needs to work on their their PR but no I mean I really hope that the good news is like so like you've got like a film festival and stuff it's like 10 bucks for your film you can watch it as many times as you want within the three day period and stuff like that so there is going to be good content some quite big films actually like you know some of the movies at the festival are actually like you know touted for if not Oscars, at least awards season in general. So there is going to be some quite good releases there. So at least I've got that to look forward. So there we have it. As I say, world to right, so everything's going to be grand by 2025, I'll say, just to be on the <laughs> safe side. Hopefully this podcast will age a bit better because of that. And we can only wait and see 
it changes almost on a daily basis. So at the moment, nothing looks looking certain, but it will get better. I am almost convinced of it. Or I'll have no come, but there'll be no comebacks because I'll probably die of COVID. So, <laughs> so nobody will be able to t- uh, moan at me. So there we go. No, surely, John, you're a protected characteristic. We can't expose you to COVID. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, surely you're the age bracket to get a vaccine. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. I mean, uh, even if John was, he looks at least 20 years younger, so it's fine. He, he, they would refuse him just on appearance. Yeah, I they would say, no, you, you're too handsome. Away you go. Come back when you're <laughs> when you're less good looking. <laughs> oh, that'll be years. <laughs> you're too good looking to get a vaccine. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love <laughs> just it. imagine the news story, like Glasgow Live, that um, <laughs> man told he's too handsome to have vaccine. Never gone. What the fuck is she was doing? Ah, fair point, actually. <laughs> just a picture of John standing outside the vaccination centre, being like pointing up yeah. at where he should have got his chat. No, no, it's his barber taking the pictures. Oh, oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. Of course, yeah. It has to be. Honestly, I've seen less appealing photo shoots and like fucking GQ and stuff like that. Harper's <laughs> like amazing. Well, he has to promote his business, you know, so he may as well get the handsome people to do it. Exactly. Well, Mary Thomas, thank you very much. You've brightened up a very, very dull Tuesday. And we shall obviously return with our regularly scheduled podcasts, whatever that may be in the next couple of days. Uh, But until then, thank you very much. And thank you to everyone for listening to our content as winding and uh, (laughs) rambling as it appears to be this evening. So thank you very much. And I shall see you all later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.